Welcome to Make It Simple, where we take complicated issues and, with the help of an expert, break them down into ideas we can understand, truths we can apply, and questions worth pondering. I'm your host, Matt Popovitz, and with me is my co-host, Rachel Ryder. Rachel, it's good to see you today. It's good to be here, Matt. Thank you. Rachel, we have uh, we have a really interesting topic that we're tackling today. Uh, what's the topic for today's episode? So we're going to be talking about minimalism with Joshua Becker. And this is one of those where I'm always like, yes, eager, let's have these conversations. I can't believe we've got time with Joshua Becker to talk about yeah. minimalism. This is crazy. Yeah, we, we talk on Make It Simple with, with experts every episode. But when you talk about minimalism, there's one name right now that comes to the top of anybody's mm -hmm. list as the expert in minimalism, and that's Joshua Becker. Many of you are familiar with his work. He's an author, and he's the founder of Becoming Minimalist, a community designed to inspire people to pursue their greatest passions by owning fewer possessions. He's the Wall Street Journal bestselling author of The More of Less and The Minimalism minimalist home, and his new book, Things That Matter, is now available. Rachel, I am really looking forward to this conversation with Joshua Becker, because I have so many questions about minimalism, in, in part because, in no small part, because of my, my work as a pastor, because of my mm -hmm. Christian faith, because I can, I, can, I can feel it and I can hear it in the teachings of Jesus, that there is a call to, to own less that is connected yeah. to my Christian faith. And so that, that's one of the reasons I'm excited to ask him questions about this, because prior to becoming the minimalism guy, Joshua Becker was a was a pastor. Yeah. Well, and I'm interested. So like it's I think anybody would say like, sure, we have a consumerist society and we're a culture that likes to consume. But I don't spend a lot of work considering what that means for my personal life. And like for me yeah. personally, because that's what we do. Right. We always assume like, well, that's not my problem. Like I'm not a hoarder. I'm not like you know, hiding cans of cat food that I don't need or whatever. But, and so it's real easy to be like, well, this isn't my problem. So I'm real interested to him to hear him talk about why minimalism matters. Yeah. 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 Why it matters. And then how to get started because, yeah. you know, as, as I've wrestled with this and I've been like looking at his teachings, reading some of his stuff for a while now, really kind of flirting with the idea of kind of diving into a more minimalist lifestyle. But mm -hmm. the thing that gets in my way, and I'm sure I'm not alone is where in the world do you begin? <laughs> yeah. And and what does it look like to get started, like in really practical ways? So I'm looking forward to asking him that question. Like, where do I start with this? If indeed I do want to start and, and walk down this road and take this journey. The, the why and then the practical side of things. Because I do know, you know, spoiler alert, he doesn't say be a minimalist and get rid of everything. Like what, what's the litmus test? So I'm interested to hear from him. I just can't believe we're talking to him. This is great. I know. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah. he's Joshua Becker. He's the expert yeah. on minimalism. And, and even if minimalism is not something that's ever crossed your mind, I, mm -hmm. I guarantee even before we dive into this conversation, that this conversation is going to leave you intrigued and wanting sure. to learn more. So let's, let's waste no more time. Let's get right to it. This is our conversation with Joshua Becker about minimalism. Joshua Becker, thanks for joining us on Make It Simple. Oh, it is my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, we're excited to have this conversation with you because, you know, minimalism is something that maybe a lot of us have heard about, but we don't necessarily know exactly what we're talking about when somebody around us talks about minimalism. So, so let's start right there. How would you define minimalism? Um, I would say probably your first thought about minimalism is correct, that minimalism <laughs> is about owning fewer possessions. Um, this is then where I suppose uh, some misinterpretations uh, come into play. They, they think, well, I can only own 100 things. I have to move into a tiny home. I get a lot of questions of uh, how many pairs of shoes can a minimalist wear? And the reality is there's there's no set rules and that minimalism is always going to look different from one person to another. A single guy in his 20s is going to own something different than a mother of four who lives in the suburbs. I always think a, a minimalist mechanic is going to own something different than a minimalist artist or a minimalist teacher. And so um, I define minimalism on a more deeper level this way. Uh, minimalism is the intentional promotion of the things we most value in life, 
by removing anything that distracts us from it. Uh, minimalism isn't about checking out of life in any way, but minimalism is about making the most of our lives by dedicating our finite resources to those things that actually matter and removing the stuff that distracts us from it, which for most people, um, material possessions fits in that, uh, fits in that yeah. Um, yeah. definition. Yeah, it's interesting because when you talk about minimalism, the first thing that comes to my mind is like your stuff, right? But the definition you just gave makes me think of like the social media, all the things I consume, everything that comes in and like really asking yourself what really matters. But it it applies to more than just your stuff. And you're not just saying, okay, get rid of everything. Um, yeah, it, it really, uh, minimalism like really forces us to to ask questions of values and and yeah. purpose uh what do i want my life to be about what things do i need to own in order to accomplish what's what's most important uh and what are the things that that are just getting in the way and and you're right that it can totally apply in a, a number of different ways and in a number of different areas. I, um, for most people, I think when they discover minimalism and they decide to get more intentional about the things that they own, um, they also begin to get more intentional about social media. They get tend to, tend to get more intentional about their schedule, uh, their work, their use of money. Like intentionality in one area uh, tends to bring intentionality in others as well. Mm. You know, someone might approach minimalism because they simply want to make life, you know, more simple for themselves. They want to declutter. They want less stuff around them. But what you're getting at, Joshua, is you want them to focus on, well, you said values. You know, what what is truly important to them? And and you know, as as sad as it sounds, I, I don't know that a lot of people spend much time in that space thinking about, well, what kind of life do I want to be living? What does matter the most to me? And and how might the stuff around me be getting in the way of me? Uh, prioritizing things correctly. H have you found as you've taught this and talked about this and, and written about this, that, that, that people begin in a place of trying to simply have uh, a more organized life, but then are surprised that this conversation goes to a much deeper, like fundamental place. Are people surprised by that? Um, I was surprised by it. Uh, I was surprised by it. I, I, I didn't, I, I became, uh, I, I was introduced to minimalism in my mid thirties and I was a pastor at the time. And like, my story is I was just cleaning out the garage one morning long while my son was alone in the backyard and my neighbor introduced me to the word minimalism. And I'm like, I, I had no idea. You're totally right. I just wasted an entire day taking care of wow. my garage at the expense of spending time with the, with the person who does bring joy and meaning mm -hmm. and, and fulfillment into my life. And, um, I discovered that we just live pretty unintentional lives. Um, and so very unintentionally, like I would never have said that my goal in life was just to own as much stuff as I possibly could. <clears throat> my goal wasn't to have a garage full of things. Like that's nobody's goal in life. Yeah. We just start living that way. Society tells us to live that way. The world leads us in that direction. Uh, we have money and aren't sure what to do with it. And we think all these things are going to bring us happiness. And so when I started minimizing my possessions, uh, for me, it was just, I'd like to have a little freedom in my schedule and in my home so I could spend more time with my son. Mm -hmm. And then lo and behold, I'm wrestling with questions of, Okay, what what is important to me? What uh, what do I what purpose do I want this home to have in my life? What uh, what are the goals that I have in my life? What do I need to keep in order to accomplish those goals? And what are all the things that are uh, just distracting me from it? Well, I mean, it's fascinating. You start with you know at least I think many people are going to start with trying to deal with their stuff, but then very quickly they're dealing with their hearts. Um, and that, that's a, that's a big shift from saying, look, I need less shoes in my closet to now I'm ask, asking questions about who, like, who, do, who am I? What do I want to be about? What's most important in my life? Um, Joshua, as you, as you've taught about this, you know, if there is this connection between our stuff and our hearts, um, if get, if having less stuff is going to force us, if we're doing this kind of the right way to deal with what's going on in our hearts and minds, what does uh, our abundance of stuff and our cluttered homes say about the current state of our, of our hearts? If, if our, if our homes and lives are indeed so cluttered. I think what it says the most 
And let's just jump in here to the deep end. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I think it shows that our hearts are tied more to the world than we think they are. Mm -hmm. Um, That we, uh, we don't think we're looking for happiness in possessions. We don't think we are as tied to the possessions of this world as we think we are. We don't think we are looking for happiness in the same way the world is looking for happiness. And yet we've accumulated all the same things. Uh, we're, we're chasing all the same things. Um, and man, the, the, the scripture passages, I mean, the number of times that Jesus comes back to, hey, sell your possessions and come follow me. Uh, hey, life is not found in an abundance of possessions. Like Jesus went back to this over and over and over again. Um, and I think that we would all benefit, I, I think, from from seeing that Jesus wasn't necessarily calling us to uh, sacrifice today for the sake of the future, but like Jesus was just inviting us to the, a better way mm-hmm. to live of, of just mm-hmm. focusing more of our time and more of our money and more of our hearts and more of our affections and attentions on yeah. him as opposed to uh, um, the things of this world. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting because um, I'll find myself go through a time of like, I'm going to declutter and it's almost a day. Like, it's like, oh, this felt so good. I got rid of things in my closet. Now I'm going to go get rid of more. And then six months later, I'm like, why do I have so much stuff? Like, it's just, <laughs> you know, a holiday passes or whatever and I've accumulated. And so it does leave me wondering like, like minimalism is hard. And is it, why am I so attached, attached to stuff? Because I don't think I am, but obviously I am. Um, Yeah, I would, I would agree. It it takes, uh, I'll just go back to the same word I used earlier. Like it, it takes intentionality and and it Mm -hmm. takes focused intentionality. Uh, We see 5,000 advertisements every single day, and every single advertisement at its heart, at its core, at its foundation is, hey, your life will be better if you buy whatever we're selling, if it's uh, a a new car or new jeans or insurance or a vacation. Like, it doesn't matter. Your life will be better if you buy this thing. Um, And I, we just... I think see that message so many times and hear it from people who are who are so good at it. We uh, we fall into that thinking very very subconsciously, not even realizing that that they've reeled us in. Um, and then we look around our home and can't park in our garage, and closets <laughs> are too full, and drawers don't close, and uh, we spend Saturdays cleaning up all the stuff that we've uh, we've acquired. Yeah. And I um, I. I I actually think the the process of minimizing possessions is a a different journey than overcoming consumerism. A little bit Mm -hmm. like I could go on a diet and lose 15 or 20 pounds, but changing my uh, eating habits going forward for the rest of my life is really a different process and requires Mm -hmm. me to think through things a little bit differently. And so um, your story's quite similar, you know, we can, we can declutter. And then if we don't do that next work, uh, Mm -hmm. just fills back up again, or we gain the weight back again. Yeah. Well, well, in that sense, you know, this conversation around minimalism, it reminds me just, you know, speaking as a pastor and a a person of faith, it reminds me, it sounds like a conversation about like spiritual disciplines because, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about something, uh, you know, tangible, like our possessions, but it right away goes to this deep heart place um, where um, we're not talking about what's in the closet. We're talking about we're talking about much much deeper things. So so Joshua, tell me more about how minimalism is connected, at least for you, to spirituality. Yeah, and so let me start right off the bat and say I, it doesn't have to be. I mean, there's a lot of people who embrace minimalism who who don't have any spiritual interest or have mm-hmm. no faith background or any number of different faith backgrounds have talked uh, talked about this discipline. Um, and so it's not required. Um, one of the ways I've, I've always written on becomingminimalist.com, even though even though I pastored for years, was I, I want to try to resonate with people regardless of what their faith or non-faith background is, that there's, there's benefit to this. But I think to someone who um, believes in 
probably any sort of God, like just believes that there's more to this world than mm-hmm. than the physical stuff around me. There's a spiritual side to my existence. Then I think we, as we begin to remove the physical things from our lives and begin to question, hey, how attached was I to the world? Uh, we can't help but run into uh, run into some of these spiritual conversations. Um, for me specifically, the intersection of faith and minimalism was one where they they really both fed each other. And by that, I mean, when I discovered minimalism or was introduced to it, it immediately fit into my faith. It immediately fit into my um, belief, just belief that there was more to this world than than the things that I saw. And so... Uh, I could recognize, hey, this you're right, I have become too attached to things, and I've been looking for more joy in things than than I should. Um, but what I w- was surprised about is how minimalism began to feed into my faith journey, because mm-hmm. I had grown up in churches, like I had heard the church preach against consumerism and mm-hmm. materialism over and over and over again, but for some reason, it was always this burden. It was always this, okay, Jesus wants me to get rid of everything, and my life is going to be really boring and barren today, but at least I'll have treasures in heaven. Like, that was my thinking um, until I started actually living it out and doing what he said, and I began to realize, hey, this is just a better way mm-hmm. to live. I'm I'm more content, I'm more uh, gracious, I'm more generous, I have more gratitude in life, I'm, uh, I'm enjoying my days more, not taking care of a bunch of things or comparing my, my things with other people more. And so it really, uh, like they really fed into, uh, they really fed into each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting to hear you say that because um, you're right, like people look at it as like an oppressive thing and you're saying like no it actually is freedom and it's good and it doesn't have to be this like i guess i have to get rid of my stuff it's it's like um it's like when you think of like the advice that jesus gave us for life if you, i mean mm-hmm. if you want to say it that way the teaching yeah. that he gave us for life you know he tells us not to hate other people and we're like why not well because living a life where you hate a bunch of other people is a pretty miserable way to live. He tells us not to gossip. Well, how come? Because when you start gossiping, you start running into a whole bunch of issues. He he spoke against sexual immorality. Well, how come? Because sexual immorality hurts ourselves and it hurts the people that we're closest to. And it all, it all makes sense. But then I get into what Jesus would say about money and possessions. And for some reason it wasn't, (laughs) he was offering a better way to live. It was just, man, he's really, he's really being rough on me here for some reason, but no, it's just, I mean, go figure that, uh, that Jesus would have a better way to live. What a great way to look at that. That's really great. Um, So do you, I, I wonder, do you ever hear criticisms? Like, like what are the criticisms you hear about minimalism or you know, this life work that you do? Well, you know, I started out, so I've been writing, I was probably the first blog um, dedicated entirely to minimalism. Mm -hmm. And uh, at first they were, oh, this is just a a boring life. Uh, This is a a cold way to live. And then they kind of morphed into um, uh, like, this is a lazy way to live, uh, and I, I've always like pushed hard against that as hard as as much as I possibly could. That that minimalism isn't about checking out of life. I mean, I guess it could be for some people, but mm-hmm. for me, minimalism was never about checking out of life. It was about living a more passionate life, focused on on the things that actually matter. Yeah. Um, there there comes a criticism of um, this is just for well off people. Uh, that that this is easy oh. if you're if you're rich, um, so number of different I think um, criticisms that uh, yeah. that I've heard over the over the years, uh, none of which I tend to agree with. Yeah. Go figure, <laughs> Joshua. You know, Ra- Rachel touched a second ago on the the notion that that minimalism minimalism is meant to be this this freeing thing that Jesus invites us into for our own flourishing, not not an oppressive. Uh, 
kind of um, have to or obligation that he that he puts upon us. But but I I would imagine I would think that at times it it can kind of slip into that for those who are living this this lifestyle. Like, uh, or maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I guess what I'm asking is, are there ever times where where you think to yourself, man, if I weren't Joshua Becker who'd written a bunch of books on this, I would I would I would love to have that thing or do this thing or 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 for a season step out of the minimalist lifestyle. Do, do you ever do you ever feel as though um, uh, there, there's a weight and a burden attached to it? No, no. So, no, so, so I, how do you stay uh, in that I, I place? How do you stay there? I, I, um, I would say that there are um, there there's a constant temptation. Uh, I mean, there's a okay. uh, there are mistakes that I make and things that I think I need to buy that are going to you know improve the quality of my life. And then I'm like, oh man, I <laughs> why did I why did I do that again? But there's never been um, a time 14 years where I've ever thought. I really regret making this decision and I, I wish I could start all over and I wish I could go back to a home full of stuff that I don't need. Um, I, as I began owning fewer things and, and anyone would find this to be true, the, the benefits of owning less are, are so life-giving, like just – when you own fewer things, you have more money, you have mm. more time, you have more energy, you have less stress. Uh, I'm betting I'm I'm living a life that's a better example for my kids, a better life mm. for the environment, uh overcoming uh competition in these different ways. Like the benefits uh so far outweigh anything that I was getting by buying stuff that I didn't need like I, I, like I just go back to the original my earlier thought like I don't think anyone thinks to themselves I, I just want to have a home full of a whole bunch of stuff that I don't right. need I, uh, I I don't want to go back to that and I think when when you begin living it out uh not saying that there aren't periods of like temptation or or falling in maybe temptations temptation is not the is is the right word but it's also not like this temptation into sexual immorality or something that I, you know i think can be inc uh, incredibly um difficult and weighty but um when I, I think when you start directing your money towards things that bring you real joy and and real meaning and real for real fulfillment uh, i i don't think i would ever want to go back to wasting my money on stuff mm -hmm. I don't need when there's so much good I can bring into the world by directing it towards um, things that actually matter. Yeah. yeah. So we've talked a lot about like the heart behind minimalism and being intentional. What about the practical side? Like, what would you say to somebody who's like, great, I want to be more intentional this. I want that freedom. Where do I start? What would you say? Um, my advice is uh, the advice I give concerning starting into minimalism is to begin with your easiest step. Mm. Um, some people, when they hear about minimalism, uh, they think to themselves, that sounds great, but how am I ever going to get rid of my sentimental things? Well, this sounds great, but sure. I love camping. I'll never be able to get rid of my camping gear. Um, or this sounds great. I really need to go through my attic. And 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 then you can go spend an hour and a half in the attic and see no change whatsoever. Right. And so um, the 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 philosophy, the strategy that that I um, that, that I think is the most effective for the most number of people is to go room by room through your home, and you go start in the easiest lived-in room that you can declutter. Maybe even your car. That was the first thing that I did was was my car. I just took everything out of my car that mm. didn't need to be there. And the next morning I sat in my car to to drive to work and I'm like <laughs> this is great. There's no <laughs> coins rattling and the yeah. uh, there's no rubber ball rolling around in the background like I can just focus on my day and um the living room tends to be a good place for a lot of people or maybe a bedroom is a good place to to start for for a lot of people uh don't start by getting rid of your kids stuff uh don't start by getting rid of your spouse's stuff but you just go <laughs> find one room 
that you spend time in, maybe you can finish in a day or two and uh, you can sit down in when it's over and you can just feel the that the weight has been lifted of the the physical stuff that you don't need. And I assume because it gives you like that little win to see like, oh, this is impactful and it's an easy way. No, that's, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it tends to be, you, you finish the, you, t- you sit in the car and it feels great. And you're like, where else can I have this feeling? Yeah. And you, you get through yeah. the living room, where else can I have this feeling? And then the bedroom and uh, then you just kind of work your way to those more difficult areas. I think the kitchen can be pretty difficult. I think the home office can be pretty difficult. Sure. The basement, the attic, the garage, <laughs> all those things can be um, more difficult than easier spaces. Joshua, how did you, you know, as you had this um, kind of epiphany, essentially, that you you described watching your son play while you were cleaning out the garage, um, it's one thing for you to come to this realization that that you're being called into a, a simpler, uh, more focused life. It's another to bring your whole family along. So, so what what was it like to to uh, to go on this journey and, and bring bring your wife along and and the whole family yeah. along? Because that that's a question that comes to mind for me. If I'm really taken by this message, how, how do how do I get how do I get all these other people who share space with me, who love me, who are going to yeah. be affected by this this new way of living that I found to go along with me? Yeah. Uh, brilliant question. Um, and, and no easy answers to it. Obviously I always say if I, if I knew how to change your spouse, I would, I would write that book. Uh, (laughs) um, uh, but, uh, so my wife was on board. Um, uh, I, I, we were doing our spring cleaning that Saturday and I was doing the garage. She was doing the inside of the house and my son was five and my daughter was two. And, um, so when I came inside after hours of working in the garage, she'd been hours cleaning the inside of the house. And so when I said, hey, I just got introduced to this word, maybe we should own less stuff. Uh, it sounded pretty good to her at that time. Mm-hmm. However, we we certainly disagreed on how much stuff to get rid of. If I wanted to get rid of 80%, she wanted to get rid of 50%. Or if I wanted to get rid of this category of things, uh, she wanted to get rid of that category of things. Uh, which I think is probably um, the most common scenario in in a marriage, uh, in in a relationship where, okay, we can both generally agree that it would be helpful for us to declutter, but the exact how we're going to live this out and how much to get rid of and what exactly we keep um, tends to uh, tends to be different. Mm-hmm. There are other scenarios where one person wants nothing to do with it, and that can be uh, a little <laughs> bit more difficult. But um, so uh, first, when it comes to spouse, my 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 thinking is uh, number one that um, it's you always need to remember that it's always easier to see everyone else's clutter than it is to mm-hmm. see our own, and sure. so you you really need to focus on your own things first. Uh, the the areas of the home that that you tend to have more control over, or or your things, uh, you can get rid of as much clothing of yours as you want. Um, uh, and so, uh, starting with your own stuff, if the if the partner or spouse is really not on board with this. I think that we we always lead with love and we lead with patience and we lead with faithfulness and humility. Um, I always think it's helpful to remember that there's probably something your spouse wants to change about you that you're not budging <laughs> on. And so keeping that in mind um, uh, with your spouse as well. But you you set that example, you you control what you what you can control. And in the long run, uh, given the two options of let's own just what we need versus let's own a whole bunch of stuff that we don't need, uh, I think the the benefits of owning just what we need tend to mm-hmm. win out in the long run. Um, the problem is we want it to be six weeks, and sometimes it can be uh, six years. But uh, yeah. I think that's probably what marriage looks like. And then different thoughts on kids. Um, happy to offer them to you if you if you want, or we can change. So that's terms. that's what I was about to ask because. Um, you know, I believe you have kids. I have kids. And I know that the, what gets really sticky are those like gift giving occasions. And then not just in myself, but like having family members where I've asked, like, please don't like just load us up with stuff, but they do. And so it's hard to, I can't control other people. Right. So like, do you have any advice for like approaching that with your own children or like having those conversations with other people 
who don't share your heart and your philosophy, but love to give your kids stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good question. Um, so my kids were two and five, which um, was was a helpful age, I think, to mm-hmm. get started on this. If your kids are 16, 17, 18, um, and you've raised them in one way of life for 17 years and you listen to a podcast and you're like, we're, ch- <laughs> we're changing everything. Like it's, yeah. uh, it's almost, you know, dealing with another adult at that point and a little bit tougher to, to set some of those uh, parameters and, and boundaries um, like when they're younger. But for, uh, for gift giving, I, I always uh, encourage people, uh, you're probably not going to have much luck saying, don't give us any gifts. Uh, that's mm-hmm. not going to work well, especially for someone who loves to give gifts, nor do I yeah. even think it's probably the, the healthiest thing to do. Uh, but you can, um, you can redirect those, those gifts. Um, uh, four filters, I, I always say, quality over quantity. Uh, if you're going to spend $100, how about one or two nice things rather than 10 little things? Uh, needs over wants. So kids are always growing and changing and getting into new hobbies and passions. And hey, here's some things that they're getting into um, that, that we need. Mm. Uh, experiences over possessions. Yeah. Uh, and then um, consumables over non-consumables. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a kid might be just as happy with candy as as he would be with a toy. <laughs> if you're okay with your kids having candy, you know, it might be um, something that's not going to uh, clutter up at least uh, at least for too long. So that's yeah. that's kind of how I go uh, about thinking about that. I uh, I we found minimalism in May, and so Christmas came up in December and. I remember telling my parents, hey, like we've made a lot of changes around what we're doing here and here would be mm-hmm. some nice gifts instead of what you usually give. And like they didn't care at all and they just went their regular <laughs> routine. And the second year, uh, again, they went about their own way. And maybe about the third or fourth year, like they really started to get it. Okay, this is something that isn't just a phase that they're going through, but um, but they actually mm-hmm. actually mean it to be true. And then just one last comment. Um, you know, the gift-giving occasions uh, become a little bit easier when you don't already have too much stuff. If you start with a, a full room of toys and then you add on a, mm-hmm. a birthday or Christmas, then it, it becomes overwhelming. But if you start oh, with sure. the, the right amount and then you add on, you know, a Christmas, uh, it's not quite as unbearable to add those new toys. And then a month or two down the road, you're like, okay, let's go through these and which ones you're using and which ones aren't you, aren't, are you not? Oh, that's mm-hmm. a great perspective. Yeah. 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 Joshua, I, I hope this, uh, I hope this question is taken the right way. I, I think there might be some who think, who, who have a concern that if, if they, um, if they adopt this lifestyle, that they might be perceived as, self-righteous to others who don't adopt it. Um, uh, how do you, how do you guard against or protect against any kind of kind of, to use a biblical term, you know, haughtiness or pride or self-righteousness kind of emanating from your now minimalized home into yeah. the hearts and minds and eyes of others? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I think it's, uh, I, I think it's how you guard against self-righteousness in any issue uh, or, or any, uh, any progress that you're making in your relationship with God. It's a healthy realization that I struggle in a whole bunch of other areas that people, that people aren't struggling in. Like, like maybe this is the work that, that God has been doing in my heart and God has been moving me in that direction, which I am thankful for. And I can look back and, uh, and see how much uh, I can just be thankful that, that God, you know, has, has done this work in my heart. But I, I mean, I know I struggle in, in a thousand other areas that, that some people have, you know, found victory in and I haven't found victory in, in that area. Um, so I think that's, that's one helpful way. I, um, this is a side note, but I'll just say it because I always like to say it. I, like, you know, the, some of the biggest mistakes we make um, concerning self righteousness or the the mistakes that we make in even in the church is that we uh, we we so easily judge people who sin differently than we do. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I yeah. think we uh, we judge people who uh, who are passionate about solving different problems uh, than we are. Um, and I think when we uh, when we fail to recognize how uh, how God is doing a different work in each of us and and in each of our hearts, that that this is when uh, self righteousness begins to begins to take hold. Unfortunately, that's right. Yeah. Joshua, what was the hardest part of this journey for you in the beginning? If you, if you look at one particular thing that, that was really, really difficult, um, I, I'm, sure, I'm sure there was some aspect of it that, was, that proved itself to be harder than other aspects. Uh, what was it? I, uh, I get asked a lot, um, what was the hardest thing for you to get rid of? Mm-hmm. And uh, and I I always struggle to to find an answer. I um, I nothing comes to comes to my mind. Maybe just because if anything was too hard, I kept it. <laughs> maybe maybe that's why I can never uh, why I can never answer that question on on a very practical way. Like it was it was cleaning out the basement. Like that was the mm. just the thing that that took the most time and took the most effort and and took the most uh, took the most energy. Um, uh, it, it was it was difficult in um, trying to trying to find the the right balance of um, it, possessions can become a distraction in having too many. Uh, they can also become a distraction in in being too few. Um, the sure. I, I don't want the the pursuit of minimalism to be something that. Um, becomes what my life is all about, or I'm, I'm known as being a minimalist. Like that's not what I want to be known for. I I want to be known as, uh, being a a faithful follower of God and a good father and faithful Mm -hmm. husband and, uh, doing my best to make a difference in the world. Like that's what I want to be known as. I think minimalism allows me to do that better, uh, which is why I, which is why I pursue it. Um, even back at the very original question of, Values. I remember um, one day uh, I'd started the blog pretty early, and um, I was I was surprised at the not necessarily the emotional weight, but the mental weight that was going into minimizing and trying to decide what to keep and what to get mm-hmm. rid of. And I, uh, I I posted a, a blog post and I just said, I'm surprised at how mentally draining this whole process is. And uh, a guy named Dustin uh, left a comment on the blog, which changed the way I talked about minimalism forever. And he said, it seems to me minimalism would force questions of values upon you. Yeah. yeah. And uh, when I when I talk about minimalism, I always talk about values because that is – that is exactly what was happening is I was really being forced to wrestle with what uh, what used to be my identity, uh, what I thought my identity was, what I want my identity to be, what should it be, yeah. and uh, like really wrestling with some of those questions for the very first time at a level that I hadn't before. Yeah, I mean, it's and I imagine it catches some people off guard because you think you're going to start by dealing with clutter, and then all of a sudden you're in a confrontation with yourself <laughs> on, on on deep things, and it's like mm-hmm. that's maybe that's not what I signed up for. As I was intrigued by this minimal, now it's it's worthwhile, it's worthy because you know, as you said, you know, Jesus is as he talks about you know minimalism in his own way, he's inviting us into a life of flourishing and freedom, right? So so it's it's worthy, but but it, but you start by dealing with clutter and all of a sudden you're confronting your heart and that's yeah. that's a that's a big big thing uh, agreed and so it can be very easy to declutter it can be very easy to get rid of the things that i know i don't need uh, mm-hmm. i think that minimalism takes another step and it begins um uh asking us to ask questions about what do i actually need uh do i still yeah. have too much stuff why did i accumulate all these things in the first place just the initial, hey, I really don't need these clothes anymore. That's one thing. Uh, but it's another thing to say, okay, like how many pairs of clothes do I need to make my life as effective as it can, yeah. as it can possibly be? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, um, man, I'm listening to you and I'm, I'm feeling excited. I also feel that like sweet conviction of like, yeah, I need to stop and ask myself what yeah. What do I value and what's important? Um, can you tell me a little bit about like the resources you have? So like speak to that listener yeah. who's like, great, I'm on board. 
I can't, I, I just don't, I'll clean my easiest room and then I don't know what to do. So can you talk about some of your resources that you have available? Yeah, thanks. Uh, becomingminimalist.com is uh, my home base. Uh, that's mm -hmm. uh, uh, where everything, uh, everything I do uh, flows through, flows to that website. So I would send people there first and foremost. Um, Becoming Minimalist is 14 years old. And if wow. you know a blog, it's whatever I want to write about on any given week uh, is what the <laughs> what the topics are. And so books tend to be uh, a more organized uh, argument, um, yeah. uh, taking taking many of the thoughts and putting it in an organized way. So um, the two books I have about minimalism, uh, number one is called The More of Less, Finding the Life You Want Under Everything You Own. And it really makes the case for minimalism. It's kind of the the why minimalism book. Uh, and then my second book is called The Minimalist Home, A Room-by-Room -room Guide to a Decluttered, Refocused Life. And mm. uh, and that is the the how to, how do I uh, work this out in my life? And it's interesting, not everyone needs the the why book. If this mm -hmm. podcast is all you need, then uh, jump into the, the minimalist home. Uh, some people don't need the the how to guide and all they need is the inspiration and uh, that's enough that's enough for them so and then I, I just had a book come out in April called things that matter uh, removing uh, overcoming distraction to pursue a more meaningful life and it's uh, really I think in some ways a, a next step and and gets into okay. some of the other topics and some of the other issues I think that uh, distract us from um, from meaning and significance hmm. things like money and praise and leisure oh, sure. and technology and uh, those types of uh, really deep heart issue questions. Yeah. Like even as you say that, I was like, oh gosh, <laughs> you mean I have yeah. to look at all of that? <laughs> I know. No, I know. I feel I keep coming back to it, but this conversation, it's like you, 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 you enter into it thinking you're going to talk about the stuff that's in your closet. And then now we're, we're, we're going to confront much deeper, much bigger things. Right. Yeah. But that, that, that's probably the sign that it's a, a worthwhile pursuit. Um, you know, Joshua, what would you say? Uh, if, if you and I were in an elevator together for, you know, 45 mm. seconds and I knew who you were, you were the minimalist guy, right? Even though that's not what you want to be known for, but I maybe, maybe seen a book somewhere. Um, and I knew that what you were known for, um, and you had to give the pitch to me in 45 seconds for why I should consider this. What, what would you say? How would you do it? Uh, I would say that, uh, your life is too valuable to waste chasing and accumulating material possessions okay. that we we live our entire yep. lives with finite resources finite time finite money finite energy uh and um our our physical possessions um that we too often cram into those limited resources, uh, steal our, our time and opportunity from making the biggest difference that we can in the world. Yeah. Man. That'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I always like to ask, like, is there anything else like that you, like we didn't get to talk about? I got emotional hearing you saying that it definitely has like triggered my heart. I appreciate it so much what you've shared. Thanks. Um, yeah. Joshua, thanks for being with us on the show today. We really, really appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me. I, uh, I enjoyed it. You guys do a good job. Oh, thanks. Hey, friends, it's Matt. If you enjoy Make It Simple, I invite you to give a one-time gift or to become a regular recurring supporter of the show. It's your gifts that put and keep Make It Simple going and make it possible for us to do even more. To partner with us, just head to mattpopovitz.com. That's M-A-T-T-P-O-P-O-V-I-T-S dot com and choose give. And as a thank you, we'll send you a copy of my first book, Tough Call as a Gift. Help us keep making it simple. Head to mattpopovitz.com and choose give. Well. <laughs> hold on, hold, hold on, Rachel. I'm throwing away some stuff right now. Oh my I'll, goodness. I'll, I'll come join our conversation in a second. I have currently have boxes of stuff that I'm getting ready to give away or okay. throw away. That was a, that was a great conversation. That was a great was conversation. Really good. And, and I know we just scratched the surface with, with what minimalism looks like in our lives mm -hmm. and how we can get started. But, but man, the little bit we were able to talk with Joshua Becker, it really, really has me thinking. What about you? Yeah. You know, it's interesting because we asked him like, what are some criticisms and stuff? And he mentioned that people will say being, having a minimalist lifestyle is lazy. 
And I was just shocked by that because it is hard work, like to be intentional about your stuff and to really be honest about what do I have? What do I need? I, I just, it's the opposite of lazy, right? Yeah, no, the way he talks about it, it is, you're spot on. It's the opposite of lazy. Now, now yeah. he makes the case that it ultimately leads to some greater ease sure. and, and freedom in life, but getting to that place where you have greater ease because you're not spending so much time managing all this stuff or working around all these possessions, getting to that spot, mm-hmm. it, it takes a ton of work. It takes a ton yeah. of work to know what your values are, to know what you want, to know what you want to hold on to, what you need to let go of. That That is the opposite of lazy. It takes a ton of intentionality. Yeah. And I I was surprised that this conversation was really a heart conversation. I yeah, wasn't expecting I that. And like I said, I followed his stuff before. I'm familiar with who he is. And just for it to go like deeply to the heart, I was not expecting that. Yeah, I know. And you, you heard it in the conversation that we had. I, I made that point like four or five times in really, um, I think, uneloquent ways because I was I was coming to that realization in yeah. real time as we're talking to him like, oh my gosh. And I feel like I should know this as a pastor, but yeah. like, like we're this is not a conversation about stuff. Yeah. This is a conversation about my what matters most to us. This is a conversation about what we believe. This is a conversation about who we think we are and who we want to become. This is all of a sudden like deep and existential. You, you, yeah. you, you start out thinking, how many pairs of shoes should I own? And then now you're deep in the trenches of your heart going, why do I think I need so much stuff? What's going on inside of me? It's a much yeah. deeper conversation than you think. You know, it's funny. I've done this practice um, with stuffed animals. So stay with me here. But like, we have a lot of stuffed animals in our house. We have stuffed animals that I've had since I was a kid, my kids, and we have this like really emotional attachment to it. And as he's talking, I'm like, oh, I've placed value on these stuffed animals and I've, I've passed it on to my kids. Like I haven't had the conversation with them about like what it means and what's really important to us and what do we think these signify. Um, But it is kind of a really good picture of like, it's really easy to justify, oh, but for my kids and for this, it's like, no, I'm putting value in these that is misplaced value. Yeah. 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 The same. I, I felt, I felt the exact same thing. You know, um, I, I grew up um, in, in a great home, but we, we didn't have a lot of money in my home. And mm-hmm. we, as a result, we, we didn't have a ton of stuff. Um, and I always wanted to, to be the kind of kid who grew up to be an adult who had plenty of money and plenty of stuff. Yeah. And I, I know that one of the reasons I have so many things, in particular in my closet, why, why I, I love having such a wide assortment of things to wear personally, mm-hmm. uh, full disclosure, I, I love that feeling. <laughs> it's, 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 it's because it makes me feel accomplished. It makes me feel like like I have um, I have I am no longer that kid who only had two pairs of pants to choose from in elementary school, and I'm now so much more and so much better. But it's it's not about the clothes in the closet. It's about me trying to feel like I'm enough. Me trying to feel like I'm safe and successful. Right? Yeah. Uh, it, it's not about stuff. It's about the heart. It's a, it's yeah. a it's a surprisingly deep <laughs> conversation. Yeah. Well, and he talked about um, you know his fourth like quality over quantity, yeah, those four needs things, yeah. over wants, uh, experience over possessions and uh, consumables over non-consumables. And you know what it made me Great. think of? Like I, I have Netflix, I have Amazon Prime, I have yeah. Hulu, I have every streaming service. And I was like, oh, I'm not looking at quality. I just went for quantity instead of asking yeah. myself, like, what do I really? And it was just, it was just really fantastic. I appreciated going on this journey today. Yeah, me, me too. I think, and I think those those four things are really, really helpful. So, so if you wouldn't mind, Rachel, because I know some people are listening right now and they're like, "Oh, oh, oh I didn't catch that." Oh, sure. And they don't want to press the rewind on their podcast. Okay. Um, what, what what are those four things again? Because those were okay. super helpful. It's quality over quantity, mm-hmm. needs over wants, experiences over possessions, and consumables over non consumables. Yeah. That's really great. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I I appreciate the like the first one in particular mm-hmm. that you know minimalism is not uh, doesn't mean you can't have nice things. In fact, there's this uh, according to this first point, there's an encouragement to say, look, as you have less, make sure that the things you do have are of quality. 
yeah. so that they so that they uh, can last a long time, so that you can enjoy them thoroughly, and so that you can make sure that they're perhaps you know ethically sourced, and um, you know you're not doing damage to the environment by 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 purchasing the things that you're purchasing, which usually means it's sure. going to be a little a little more expensive. Um, so so that busts that myth right there that by by having less, I'm going to have less quality of things. No, you can yeah. actually. You can actually pursue quality even as you you go for less quantity. For sure, yeah, I I, I think that's great. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I just I, I wasn't. I, I guess this is my make it simple. Is like I was not expecting this to be a conversation about values and the spiritual work. I guess I mean it seems so logical, but just yeah. that like it's a good spiritual practice to ask yourself what are my values. Like to sit down and say like I'm gonna you know what are five what are my five values? And then how is that reflected? Is that reflected in my life? And then apply that to your stuff and your, what you consume and everything. And I just really, I wasn't expecting this to be such a heart conversation and just that yeah. internal work of, of being intentional and looking at your values. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so your, your make it simple soundbite is that this is, this is about values. This is about, about deep your values. things that you believe. Yeah. And yeah. then it's good work. It's good to sit and ask yourself, like, what what are my values, and does my life reflect that? Yeah, you know, I'm trying to wrestle with with why this re- this conversation resonates so deeply with me right now, and and mm-hmm. and maybe it's because you know at the particular age that I am, you know, my my life and who I am and the life that that uh, Lisa and I have built is is well established, and I and I can I can I can see who we are and the life that mm-hmm. we've built and 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 where we've been and what we're becoming and 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 uh, I'm at a stage where I can see um uh the life that I've built and I I have a keen sense of what's most important to me and so probably because uh, this this conversation resonates because I can see I can see some misalignment. I can see sure. this life that I've built and what I value and go, man, there's some things in my life that that aren't in step with yeah. with what I with what I believe. Uh, I've got all the I've got enough evidence in front of me to know that this is what matters most to me and this is an area of my life, in particular, you know, some abundance of possessions or particular clutter that's not in step with what I think is most important and it's pulling me away from what's truly yeah. important. Time with my kids Absolutely. or making an impact in my community. And so I, I don't I don't know. It just it just um this conversation hits different for me as the kids say. Yeah. Um my my make it simple soundbite would be that um, that minimalism, it seems to me, isn't about having less. It's actually about having more. But it's having more of what matters. Mm-hmm. And in order to have more of what matters, you have to be willing to have less of what doesn't. Yeah. yeah. Well, we would love to hear from you. What is your takeaway from this conversation about minimalism with Joshua Becker? The best way to let us know what you're thinking and what your takeaways are is by heading over to our Instagram, and that's at M Popovitz, at M-P-O-P-O-V-I-T-S. You'll find the post about today's episode with Joshua Becker, and then leave us a comment. Give it a like and leave us a comment and let us know what your takeaways were, what your thoughts were about this conversation. Rachel, this was uh, this was a good one. I mean, they're all good, but this one really- I know. This is really great. It, it, yeah, it hits. And I'm really thankful yeah. that, um, that we were able to talk to Joshua. So, um, yeah, I've got, I've got some, some cleaning and, and purging to do. So we'll, uh, what do you say we do this again? But in the meantime, I, I gotta, I gotta get rid of some stuff. Yeah. I gotta sit and, uh, and really ask myself some tough questions. So I should probably oh, get that's through right. that. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's right. That's where I need to begin. That's where you gotta start. Come that's on, man. Where I need to begin. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. All Thanks right. for that well, reminder. Let's Rachel. do it. You bet. <laughs> Thanks for helping us make it simple. The show is produced by MPM. Our editor is Marsha Lambeth. Artwork for the show was designed by Brenton Little. Do you have a topic you'd like us to tackle or an expert you'd like us to chat with? Send your ideas to info at mattpopovitz.com. That's info at M-A-T-T-P-O-P-O-V-I-T-S dot com. And if you'd like more information about Make It Simple or MPM, just head to mattpopovitz.com.